Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation this morning, taken from the book of Revelation, the first chapter, listen again to verses 17 and 18. John writes and says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. So far, our text. Well, here it is, folks, a sermon that comes straight from the book of Revelation. So hold on to your hats, batten down the hatches, get ready to rock and roll a little bit this morning, because Revelation sermons always give you an interesting ride. So let's put this text of ours into context. We have before us the opening verses of the Bible's very last book. Our writer John is an old man now. The last of the apostles still living, it's 95 A.D., John has been exiled by the Roman emperor Domitian to live out the rest of his days on a remote island uh, of Potmos, a Roman prison colony just off the coast of Greece in the Aegean Sea. While there, the Holy Spirit gives John a vision that John preserves for us as our book of Revelation. In fact, here's a picture of the cave of the Apocalypse where church tradition holds that John's vision took place. In the vision, the resurrected Jesus appears to John. Listen again to what John hears. Jesus says, fear not, I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and Hades. Those last words that really capture my attention because they're fascinating, aren't they? They're rather special words. They're unique. Jesus Christ has the keys to death and Hades. Now, I went back and I checked out this phrase in the Greek and there's nothing funny going on. Key means key. Death means death. Hades means what it usually uh, means, hell the grave, or the abode of the dead. But think about the significance of this. Jesus just doesn't control eternal life. Jesus just doesn't control heaven. Jesus controls death and hell too. Death and hell. But that's the devil's territory, isn't it? Come on, that's the devil's stomping grounds. When did Jesus snag the devil's keys to these places and put them on his own divine key ring? Well, Jesus answers that question for us in our text when he says, I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys. And this is just another way to describe the struggle between Christ and Satan that took place upon the cross and in the tomb. It was fought over the keys because the victor would seize control over some vital and eternal spiritual territory. Heaven, hell, eternal life, 
and eternal death. It almost mirrors what's happening in the Ukraine these days because if Putin is victorious in the Donbass and southern Ukraine, he'll have the key he needs to conquer the rest of the nation and eventually even Kiev will fall. So right now the whole world is holding its breath, waiting for that critical battle, the critical moment, the tipping point, which will determine the outcome of this horrible struggle. And that's exactly what happened on Good Friday. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Heaven, and Satan, the Prince of Hell, locked in mortal combat, winner take all. Satan pulling out every last weapon in his arsenal, bombarding Christ's failing human body with the most excruciating pain and torture and abuse imaginable, urging Jesus to give up, to capitulate, to come down from the cross and save his own skin instead of ours. And amid the total blackness, the Son of God uses his last breath to cry out what? It is finished. And he dies. He's done. He's dead. And Satan, he's dancing a jig beneath the cross because he thinks that he's won the war. But just like a snake will keep wiggling a while after you separate its head from its shoulders, Satan fails to realize that his goose is already cooked. It just took him a little while to see this. In fact, it took three days. Have you ever locked yourself out of your house or apartment? A few years ago, my daughter Rachel was renting out part of a house that had its own private and separate entry just for her. Well, the owners of the rest of that house, they were gone on vacation. And one morning, Rachel went outside to check the mail, only to discover that she'd locked herself out of the house. The neighbors had a spare key, but they were at work. Her cell phone, car keys locked in the house. It's Phoenix, Arizona in the summertime. It's getting hot. You know, later I asked her, well, what did you do? And she said, I laid down in the bushes by the side of the house where it was cooler until the neighbors came home a couple of hours later. That wasn't embarrassing, huh? <laughs> you know, but that's exactly what she did. And the same thing happened to Satan during Holy Week, but with a slight difference. Satan's been partying in hell since Good Friday. On Easter morning, he decides to pay the earth a little visit to stroll past the cross and grave of his arch enemy just to gloat a little bit more. The cross is empty, but so is the tomb. Enemy angels are at the tomb proclaiming the unthinkable. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Shaken to his slimy core, the great demon slithers back to hell's front gate, reaches for his keys. Gone, not there, not on his person anymore, and the key to death, that's missing too. Hey, he yells through the flaming door, has anybody seen my keys? Jesus had them. 
they hang on his key ring mouth. Because you see, the it is finished that Jesus screams from the cross, that's no cry of defeat, that's a victory shout. That's a gleeful shout of triumph. The Son of God has finished his great mission that began way back in the garden of paradise lost. He became a human being, done. He lived a perfect life, not one sin on his soul, done. He carried a billion sins upon his back to the cross, done. He suffered for every one of those crimes a hundred times over, done. And then he takes upon himself God's ultimate and final penalty for your sin and my sin, death. He dies, and that's done too. But it's not the end of the story or of Satan's problems. For on Easter morning, Jesus puts the finishing touches on it is finished. In the gloom of the tomb, Jesus shrugs off death like a second skin. He opens his eyes. He takes a breath. He sheds the grave clothes. The great stone goes tumbling down the hill. And then the Savior looks down only to see a second key now joins the key to Hades on his ring. And this would be the key to death. Oh yeah, Jesus owns that key now too. A couple of years ago now, my son Brett sat down to help me catch up with technology. <laughs> See a checkbook. He showed me how to pay almost all the bills online. He helped me set up online banking so I could deposit checks, you know, shuffle money around from one account to the other without leaving the house, super cool. But what I really appreciated was when he showed me how to organize my gazillion passwords for everything under the sun. And so LastPass is an app which uses one master password to access any password for any account stored in my handy password vault. It's kind of like, one ring will rule them all. You know, and now with a single keyboard stroke, I can access everything from, from Amazon to Netflix to Pandora or Delta Airlines. You know, that one password is the key to everything. Over the years, I've been privileged to spend time with God's people in those priceless and special hours, special moments before they die. And I've noticed that before death, people rarely mention their keys. They don't want to talk about the key to their beautiful house or the key to the family cabin. They're not interested at that moment in the key to their safety deposit box or the new car or the four-wheeler or the gun safe. When pe people reach that edge between life and death, they only want to talk about three things. It's always true family, friends, and what will happen when they die. Today I want to assure you that Jesus Christ has that last thing covered. There is only one key, one password that opens heaven's door. And it has nothing to do with how long you've been a member of a church 
or how much money you make or how many friends you have on Facebook or, or whether or not you are a good person or always tried your hardest. No, those keys do not fit heaven's lock at all. Jesus Christ has the only key that works. And it's a key that was hard won on Good Friday and hard won on Easter morning. In fact, when the day comes, and it will come for everyone, when you find yourself standing at heaven's door, you won't need a key at all. You'll see Jesus standing there waiting for you. Just give him a hug. Just whisper in his ear, I love you, Lord, and he will open that door for you. He's got the keys. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.